Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. It's 2020. We're doubling down. We have nothing else to do. So it was just, we were trying to put out as much as possible that was as helpful as possible during a time where, you know, not everyone was in a financially comfortable situation and could work with us as coaches. So it was like, well, let's coach through the podcast or let's do more content on social media. When I have to put my finger on a moment where tactics started to become something more than Alex and Meredith, it was during 2020. It was COVID. It started to really stand up on its own. Hey everyone, Meredith here. You're listening to the Afternoon Snack Podcast. In case you didn't have it marked in your calendar, this week marks Tactic Nutrition's fifth birthday. We've been in business for five years, which is actually kind of crazy because it honestly feels like just yesterday when we decided to do this. So in today's episode, we're going to talk back through some of the history of Tactic, where it started, how we got to where we are now, and some of the things that we used to say yes to that we definitely don't anymore. It's kind of a cool walk down memory lane, and we hope that you enjoy listening to it. So we just got back from the pet store and it has been a rough week for Ivy. She eats this food that you buy. You can only buy in Calgary. You can't buy it in Fernie. And it's one specific type of food and it has to come in the small can. So there's the same food packaged in a small can and then packaged in a big can to make it more economical. But she won't eat it when it's from the big can, even though it's the exact same food. She only eats wellness minced tuna. She eats the tuna in the small can. She also eats wellness minced salmon from the small can. Like wellness has a lot of different foods, like cat foods. They have pate, they have gravies, like they have the same food cut up in different ways. Yeah, different textures. And she only eats minced and she only eats the minced tuna and salmon from the small cans. So the other day I go to the store because she's out of food. My parents were taking care of her and apparently they were freaking out because she ran out of food and she was meowing and they tried giving her some of Ivan's food and then they tried giving her actual tuna, which she wouldn't eat. She only eats this one specific kind of food. So I rushed to the pet store on the way back from Bend, Oregon. When we arrived in Calgary, we stopped at the pet store and I bought all of their small can tuna and small can salmon. They only had about nine cans of salmon. They had about 15 cans of tuna. So I cleared them out and then ordered 48 cans of each. So we get here and I notice the lid is different. It's like just different. Like yeah. you wouldn't notice it by just glancing at it. But once you open it, you're like, something's not right. And then I see that the texture has changed. It's minced more than usual. So I give it to Ivy and sure enough, she doesn't eat it. So I'm like, well, shoot, because we're not going back to Calgary for like two weeks. Thankfully, the salmon was the old formula. So we've been feeding her that. But now we're only down to two cans. I was also trying to mix in the tuna and she was eating around it. So... We just went to the pet store and we bought every single kind of cat food they had. And I'm not talking like kibble. Yeah, no. She gets her own kibble, but she also gets her morning breakfast and dinner of wet food. 
And we just tried out two different wet foods. We have about seven or eight. And she didn't like the first two. No. So things could get rough, even more rough for Ivy. (laughs) She might have to say goodbye to wet food forever. I mean, if she's going to be that picky, then that's 100% on her. She's going to have to write into wellness and ask them to change the formula back. Or like send the formula to her mom so her moms can make it. Yeah. Her old cat mom. Yes. Or we could learn how to make it. That's what I meant. We bought actual sardines. We were like, maybe she'll eat real fish. I love how you... You, you probably thought that those were little and actually they're like four and a half inches long. I did. They're I was like thinking, fish. yeah. So what are we going to do with that? Just let her chomp on a whole one? We'll see what she does <laughs> okay. with it. I'm sure Rue will enjoy a sardine. No cat food goes to waste with Rue around. Rue has a cat food limit where it starts causing issues. I don't think the cat food gives Rue diarrhea. I'm telling you. Rue can eat like five waffles and get no diarrhea, but she eats a little bit of cat food and she gets diarrhea. Really? I don't know. That's just the only correlation that I've seen. Because she once ate a little bit of cat food and then got the zoomies and then pooped first time she had diarrhea she had it everywhere actually she did have diarrhea recently inside and she shit on our printer (laughs) i think she was trying to hide and trying to get behind like the bed or something but i'm like how did you even get your butt over the printer (laughs) we have like a little label printer that we use for shopify and then also like a full-size regular printer but it sits on the floor and she shat on both of them That was the worst. We were like, what stinks? Is that Ivy's poop? We were like, no, that's worse than Ivy's poop. You didn't see anything. No. And I was like, no, you got to look for it because she'll hide. She always goes in the corner if she has to go inside, Mm -hmm. which is rare because we're relatively good dog owners and take her outside. But yeah, she went like in the corner, which is unfortunately where the printers were. (laughs) Yeah. And so it was like kind of also on the wall a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. It's impressive. Anyways. Yeah. The cat food debacle is a little annoying, but she'll get through it. Talk about a first world problem. Meanwhile, the cat at your aunt's barn eat like each other pretty much (laughs) they eat dog food and like leftover pizza yeah they do they eat stale bread yeah and they love it i know there is no sniffing that. They're after it right Meanwhile, away. Ivy's like, no, this is too mint. This is chopped a little too finely for me. Maybe she once heard me complaining about the way you made ground beef. And Maybe. I was like, it's too minced. You have to keep larger chunks. I did give you that feedback once. Now I'm like, but whenever I do ground beef for spaghetti, it's basically like little mini burgers. I love it. You get some texture in there instead of like minced-y, meaty. Like you bought chili from Tim Hortons or something. It's mm. like very processed. Yeah, very homogeneously mixed in. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's fair. All right. Well, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. To all of us. Yeah, all of us. The truple. Is it truple or thruple? Thruple. Thruple. So it's, we had our own anniversary of one year married a couple weeks ago. And then we had tactics anniversary on Sunday, September 17th. She's also part of our couple. Is tactic a she? I always wondered if tactic was a she or. Tactic is a she or a they. Okay, yeah. So Tactics 5. Yeah, which is nuts to think about. I remember when we first started, we took ourselves to Las Vegas to celebrate. And I we, we were celebrating my birthday. No, 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 no. That was Tactic. Oh, okay. I think. I don't know. Maybe it was like both. I do remember we It had was just- like me becoming a lawyer, starting Tactic, quitting being a lawyer, and my birthday. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So like a celebration of many things. Yeah. yeah. We took like the most budget trip to Vegas ever. What I remember about that trip was it was like very much a working trip because we had just launched like that week. 
I remember that we were basically asking people who were our current clients if they were going to come over to Tactic with us. On that trip, we yeah. sent that email. Yeah. Of course we did. <laughs> yeah. We were in Vegas. And we this were is like, a good time. Yeah. And so then like our existing clients were like trickling in with like, yeah, of course I'll stay. And that was the resounding feedback, which yeah. was really quite nice. And then the rest of the weekend, I mean, we don't party. So it was kind of like we'd spend the day at the pool. We'd split one margarita a day. Yeah. Partially because of cost, partially because of health. Yeah. And then, yeah, we had intake forms coming in. We had people signing up. And so that was when it was just us. And it would be like, well, do you want this person or do I want this person? So that was our our first working vacation. And they've all been working vacations ever since. What's crazy is I do remember distinctly at that time being like, well, what do we have to lose? I think we had both kind of convinced ourselves that it was not going to last. That was okay because like the overhead costs were so low. (laughs) It cost us $1,000 to incorporate. And that was the cost. Yeah. And then our website. But we got a deal on the website because we knew the guy who had the web development company. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, that story was like it was like two grand. (laughs) Yeah. To get going. The story about Jim Carrey when he like wrote himself a check for a million dollars that he promised he would cash later. And that's how he knew that he would be successful. I would not say that that was our story. (laughs) I worried about the business failing every day for many moons. Yeah. (laughs) And still do to some degree. Yeah. But the first year was really just kind of plugging away. That was when. 2018 going into 2019 and we were still competing in CrossFit at that time so we went down to Wadapalooza that year and what else did we do that year Granite Games I remember being really busy at Granite Games because we were one of the top teams based on the individuals who had put together our team and they were like, well, Morning Chalk Up did an article saying that Alex and Meredith and our two teammates Zach and Ethan Ethan could make it to the games. And a lot of people, I guess, started following us. And then we started getting like inquiries and stuff and people signing up. You never know. That's part of it. You never know what the catalyst is for people to sign up. Yeah. I remember being busy on that trip too. And that was like the first time where I'm like, okay, owning your own business and like being a full-time athlete is kind of hard. Yeah. It was like the first glimpse into like, hey, this is impossible. (laughs) You're going to have to quit. Yeah. I mean, it it helped. I think we were both kind of at the twilight of our careers anyways, but it was like a long weekend. And then that played out again the next year when we did Wadapalooza on Team of Four. We'll get to that, though. The first year was very much like, you know, it was full time, but also part time. It didn't really demand that much attention. We weren't doing a whole lot on social media, certainly not what we do now. And so it was all just like kind of client management. We weren't really doing much for lead generation. Those were yeah, the the good old sort of calm days when it wasn't really very stressful at all. We used to have our rest days on Thursday, which happened to be a day that wasn't a client facing day for business. And we didn't really have anything to do. No. It was like, well, what do we do? And then I think it was probably like a year, a year and a half in, Thursdays started getting kind of busy. Or we ended up starting to work out on Thursdays. We had to like shift our schedule. Yeah, I think that the shift happened in the first year. Both of us had been taking two rest days like off the gym, off training per week. And those had historically been on Thursday and Sunday. And so then in that first year, towards the end of it, I think we both shifted to Monday and Friday off because those were really client heavy days. And then the rest of the days were training days. We didn't have that like dead day in the week anymore. Yeah, I think we had like kind of slowly just been growing our individual client bases, you and me heading into 2020. Like I said, we were still kind of competing in CrossFit. I had like basically decided to be done, but then we got sort of roped onto this team for Wadapalooza, another four person team like Granite Games to try to, I guess, qualify for the games. And we, again, came very close. That was another weekend where it got really busy for us. 
And mm-hmm. I think part of it is just you're there. There's a lot of attention on you. People are just talking. Or maybe it was something that we had done like two or three weeks prior. We just didn't realize. But it, I think at that time we had started to sort of ramp up social media a little bit just with posts. We weren't doing any video at that time, just posting. So we did that. Wadapalooza was fun, went well. We didn't qualify, which was actually totally fine. But I think both of us. And then... Then we were on demo team. Oh, yeah. I forgot about demo team. And demo that was team was also- before... That was before... Before Wadapalooza. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. No, Because demo team was 2019. Wadapalooza team of four was 2020 because it was right before COVID. Okay, I don't count in years. Okay. So you're right. When you say 2020, it's all a blur. Well, I know. That's when time becomes a bit more of a fluid. Yeah. I'm concept. like, I have no idea when anything happened. Yeah. I just, I can think about it somewhat chronologically. Yeah. So let's I, back I, I just remember tactics slowly taking over my life. <laughs> it's, yes, slowly <laughs> absorbing every facet yeah. of your identity. So I guess demo team for the CrossFit Games was 2019. And that also, I think, got us a little bit of attention. I remember when we went on Watt on the Waves cruise. That oh, was yeah. also really stressful. Like we were traveling so much before yes. COVID. And trying to manage the business. And I remember the service was awful. Struggling to check in with clients. That was so stressful. And then we ended up going to this talk on nutrition. I can't remember macro. It was some macros guy. Uh Uh-huh. And... I remember thinking like we were small potatoes still at that point. Like we didn't have a large following as a business, but I remember thinking like we can do better than this guy. Like we're better than this and we're going to be better than this. I remember thinking that. Yeah. And I just remember putting our heads down. And back then, like we would run everything by each other. I remember once someone signed up, they were going to pay at a discounted rate because their partner was doing something for your sister's wedding. And I was like mad because I didn't know about it. We just did everything together. Like everything was together. It was like, is this a good response? Like to inquiries, like we would draft emails together. For me, especially, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. The nutrition coaching wasn't that new for me, but running a business, like everything had a microscope on it. I didn't want to make a mistake. And I wanted just some validation that I was doing the right thing before it like went out to a client or a potential client. Yeah. The first year or two years was the a period of no delegation. Whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And like doing everything together. Yeah. Everyone did everything. It was like, what's the most inefficient way we could possibly run this business? And then that's what we did. Yeah. Including using Zen Planner. Yeah. (laughs) No offense to anyone who works for Zen Planner who is listening to this. It's just very overbuilt for what we need. And at that time had like loads of bugs in it. And then after that, we were going to go team. It was like our last hurrah, I'm pretty sure. So many of these memories is just a memory of me trying to do work on these trips. Like when we were staying in Paul's house, he had two young boys and a a baby girl at the time. And the I couldn't work because those boys were nuts. <laughs> they were asking questions. Many of them were the question, why? Yeah, like, what are you doing? I'm working. Why? Because I need to make money. Why? Well, so I can come visit you. Why? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> you know? So anyway, we didn't end up doing that because COVID hit. We didn't end up competing. We were there training for a week and then we went home because COVID hit. And once COVID hit, that was when things started. Honestly, I hate to say this because it was a horrible time for so many people, but COVID was a real blessing in disguise for us and for our business. Number one, it just put an end to our competitive careers as athletes, like a hard stop. No more distraction with competing or with travel. Even on a daily basis, no driving to the gym. I realized at the time, once we had our home gym, how much time that was taking up and taking away from like a work day. So that happened. No travel, stuck at home. We had like luckily just somehow gotten home gym equipment right before COVID because then it was it basically became impossible to get any gym equipment. But we had bought stuff to build out a little basement gym in our rental condo. So we had that ready to go. And with everyone else kind of shifting back into their home, 
homes, it had the unexpected effect of, yeah, increasing our business. Like, I think we were both prepared for the ship to sink. Like, I remember a few of my clients immediately were like, I don't know what this means for me. I'm going to have to cancel. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is it. Yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah. And, and then you just, but we just were like, okay, we got to do what we can. I think you started posting daily at home workouts. Yeah. Like we just started doing everything we could. It was like to help just like get people following. And it wasn't even about like, it was just keeping the moment. It's like some momentum yeah, and not going down. And a lot of our clients, and I think like this probably speaks to the messaging that we were putting out even back then. We're like, just because my environment has changed doesn't mean that like my habits need to change. Like right. I can still set routines and like stick to my plan and, you know, challenges presented themselves for certain people. And some people really loved it because they were easy to control their environment. They weren't going out for drinks and stuff. So it was like, you had to shift with everyone based on what they wanted. But a lot of people kind of doubled down on their goals and that's sort of thing. Yeah, we were fine. We kind of like picked up after a yeah. couple of weeks. I think it was a pleasant surprise in the midst of all of that. We, in fact, we got so busy that we ended up hiring Lindsay at that time, which was kind of a natural progression because she was sort of phasing out of what she was doing at that time. And I think she was sort of trying to decide, like kind of go this alone or, you know, we had, I think, offered her a position and so she decided to, to work with us, which we are really grateful for. She's been a great addition. But that was that was a necessity as much as it was like a happy coincidence with her timing. Like we were going to have to bring somebody on. And now we have, I don't even know how many people work for us, 10, 12. Yeah. I mean, we were, I thought like, okay, we're going to hire Lindsay and we're going to be a, you know, a three person show. And we were like that year it was, she was the only person that we brought on. But that was the year that we started building a team with Lindsay. We started the podcast in 2020. And I remember that was one of those things that you were not super hot on, but it it fit very much the theme of like, well, let's just try it. Like it's 2020, we're doubling down. We have nothing else to do. So it was just, we were trying to put out as much as possible that was as helpful as possible during a time where, you know, not everyone was in a financially comfortable situation and could work with us as coaches. So it was like, well, let's coach through the podcast or let's do more content on social media. Let's make sure that people have home workouts to do. We became a brand in 2020 that people were looking to as a, not only a source of information, but potentially a source of comfort, a source of, yeah, obviously like some workouts, a source of guidance. I mean, that's when I have to put my finger on a moment where tactics started to become something more than Alex and Meredith. It was during 2020. It was COVID. It started to really stand up on its own. It's funny to think back because it's also intertwined with sort of where we've gone. But that practice, especially with the podcast and with posting, sort of laid a foundation that we built on moving forward. Like we haven't really changed the blueprint of how we do things from a content or a media standpoint. We've just used the foundation and the groundwork that we set in 2019, 2020 and just scaled it up to more complex better, heavier hitting content, still delivered daily, still recording a podcast weekly. It's a prime example of like plant a seed, water it, like be okay with the fact that I'm pretty sure our first podcast had like 20 listeners, but that was okay. That's how you start, right? Yeah. And really just like putting yourself out there. That was hard for me. The podcast, especially really just kind of like letting everything fly Mm -hmm. and hoping you land somewhere. Funny to think back on that. 
And then the home gym, like we've had this conversation. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but like I like more than anything attribute a lot of our success. And this sounds so weird to say, but a lot of our success with the business to the fact that we got a home gym and it, it makes me sound so broy or like, you know, entitled. I don't know. Fitness is a very important part of our lives. It's something that we dedicate, you know, 90 minutes, probably minimum per day to. And we at that time, we're still driving to, you know, one of the like couple of gyms that we would use in Calgary. And that was like 90 minutes of driving per day or like potentially more. And so you get that time back. There's value in social connection at the gym. I get that. But it also extends the session, at least, you know, for us The it's you have to wait on equipment. You're talking to people like a 90 minute session can easily become two hours or two and a half hours. If you go at the wrong time, we were getting hours back every single day and even more on the weekends. And that went for us kind of directly back into the business. And it really like amplified what we could do in a way that I don't think that we expected. I mean, we bought a house. We The first thing that we did was put a gym in the house. It is a top priority. It's kind of crazy, but when people want to get started with an exercise habit, especially if it's someone who has the means, but they just, they, you know, they can't get to the gym or their schedule is irregular, this or this, you know, I'm, I'm usually like, look, like, I don't know if you have the means, but if you do, getting even a small home gym set up is one of the best things that you can do for yourself. Even if all you do is buy... Two or three sets of dumbbells, a bench, and a rower. You get some equipment so that you can work out at home in some capacity and then just like grow it over time. Yeah. I mean, if you're spending, I'm going to talk about CrossFit, but I know it's cheaper to buy other gym memberships, but let's say you're you're spending 200 bucks a month on a gym membership and you buy $200 of equipment like on Facebook marketplace, you can get a lot. We got a whole set of dumbbells for like 300 bucks. Yeah. This is incredible. Anyways, you just get something like that and you find a workout program that works for you or you, you hire someone who can help you. And every month you just buy like one new piece of equipment or you, you know, you put money that you maybe would spend going out for dinner aside, things like that. You slowly build it and like, yeah. And then you find community elsewhere, which we kind of did. Which is actually kind of awesome. Like coming from a, a background where CrossFit was like, was our community. It's kind of nice to okay I still do this style training for my fitness but I have my community that is not involved at Cro- in CrossFit at all and that provides like an, an enormous amount of perspective and connection outside of that area which I is like honestly like very refreshing yeah I would yeah I would say that the home gym was the catalyst yeah especially for me because I was still trying to compete mm-hmm. like I was still very fit and you had kind of like taken a step back and then I think once I didn't qualify for semifinals that year I was like okay I'm gonna be done that was brutal because I was trying to work and and compete on that weekend because it's a home like workout. So this was in 2021. Okay, 2021. And I remember being so flustered because I was not focused on it that we didn't even do the setup right. You had to measure out lines and be on certain parts of the gym to do the workout. Like you had to move equipment and make sure it was all set up. So it's fair for everyone. Like that's certain amount of distance between the GHD machine and the rower. And I was just not paying attention and I just did it wrong. It just wasn't a priority anymore. And I think I recognized that. I was like, thankfully I'm not making these mistakes at work. I'm making them in this other thing that I'm doing that doesn't make me any money or really at that point bring much fulfillment. And I, at that point, I was like, okay, it's clear now. I can't do both to the extent that I want to do them. So I made the decision to be done with CrossFit. Yeah. So I was just getting so beat up. And I think because I loved what we were doing so much with Tactic, it wasn't like I was giving up CrossFit. It was just like, it's time. Yes. 
And yeah. that felt good. Yeah. It was something was waiting for me that I could really put my heart and soul into in a big way. And I think now it's cool because I'm doing something like specifically running where I can tie it together with the business a bit better. Running is bigger than CrossFit. Even though everyone can do CrossFit, running is different. So it's kind of cool to kind of have come full circle and found something that meshes a little bit better. Yeah. 2021 was moving into that year. We hired a few more coaches in 2021. That was the year of running for us. That was when we both got back into running. I was doing like half marathon training. You were after quarterfinals. I think you picked Chicago to run. Our focus athletically kind of pivoted. And again, like running is super easy because you can do it anywhere. So not that we were really traveling in 2021, but on the two occasions that we did, you run out your door and do your workout because your workout is a run. Well, even just going to visit your family. I remember we got into one argument once because I wanted to go to the gym twice. And you were like, Alex, we're here to like visit my family. Can we not? And I was like, well, I have to. I have to get my workouts in. And now it's just like, it's just not a thing. Like it releases a lot of pressure. Yeah. And we have done a whole podcast about retiring from CrossFit and you know, the relief that it brings to step out of the competitive arena. But like when we're but, with our, your family, I can be like, okay, I'm leaving for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, don't get lost. Well, also, it's so much easier to explain like, Alex is going to go for a run. Everyone's like, oh, cool. Yeah, have a good run. Versus like, Alex is going to go to the gym. And they're like, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's such a peculiar activity and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. But it is like you can run whenever you want. There's no open gym hours. There's no classes you have to work around. You don't have to. You don't have to email and be like, hey, can I do my programming (laughs) in the corner of your gym while you're in class? I just don't do classes. You know? Yeah. God, I hate myself. I know. (laughs) Yeah. So that was kind of the year of running and hiring some more folks and just kind of getting into a really good groove with what we were doing. We started to dabble in some video at the end of 2021. I remember doing a video for the Chicago Marathon and that was like one of the first ones that we did. And then 2022 rolls around and that's, I would say 2022 on, like our whole world kind of flipped upside down. I think that was the moment where I was like, okay, I kind of know, I think I, I know what we're we're doing now. Yeah. Like I feel confident that we're doing something that is something. Well, we just, we finally got to exploit on this foundation that we had been growing yeah. and all of these different things that we were kind of experimenting in. You know, we had done talks at college campuses. We had said yes to basically every phone oh call. Oh my gosh. We said yes to everything. Yeah. So it was like, we we did all of these things. And, and through, none of them really materialized, no? except we once did a presentation back in San Diego for the RX Mark year, like day. This was we in there. 2018. The I think. first year, nobody knew who we were, no. except for as athletes. And I think at that point, I didn't want to be Alex Parker and Meredith through CrossFit Games athletes. Like I wanted to be tactic nutrition and they were introducing us as athletes. Yeah. And maybe like seven people were there. And one of them recently signed up. I know. She's like, I've been following you ever since. I didn't have enough money back then, but yeah. now I can pay for a membership. Yeah. And I was like, what Holy are you crap. <laughs> It paid off. I don't um, know if it necessarily did, but it's it was. Still, it's still nice to know that you grabbed somebody and yeah, maybe helped them along the way, and they're still fans. I do think a lot of the the early saying yes to things, you do that so that you can figure out what you don't want to be yeah. doing. Like and this wasn't worth it. No, and you can be <laughs> honest with it. So maybe twenty twenty two was the year, finally the year where we stopped saying yes to things and just you know started saying yes to what we wanted to put our energy into, and what we had kind of slowly been growing. And that is when it things really took off, I think, for us as a brand. We still say yes to a lot of things. Like you just did a webinar to what, 10, 
10 people yeah because somebody who did a plan only was like I love your message can you like speak to my group and we were like I mean okay. you know I never really regret if I don't I don't have to leave my living room I can do it I have the talk pretty much done I never regret getting to connect with people like that it's like the bigger asks it's people who want to like involve themselves in our business we did a couple of those and it was just people who like oh, wanted collaborations to use brand yeah. yeah and so it's just you're like oh, you don't no. know what you're doing so you're like okay we'll see how it goes please send a contract yeah and then the contract looks bad and you're kind of like never mind <laughs> yeah or like we should have a call and then it just never really takes off yeah. and then it fizzles out and you're like okay well now we know not to say yes to yeah, this that was probably for the best <laughs> i'd say in 2022 was the year that we really got out of crossfit our audience really pivoted kind of to more mainstream general population and like our messaging did as well and it had kind of been sort of pivoting in that direction pivot is actually the official word of covid so that was just a joke oh <laughs> Everyone, Good one. you know, all the everyone was like, you got to pivot, you got to pivot, you got to pivot. Oh, okay. You know, in yeah. COVID when Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But I, we didn't have to. No, because we were already in the online space. So we just kept doing what we were doing. Yeah. 2022 was the big year. And I guess that brings us kind of to now, 2023. Yeah. We've hired some more coaches. Team is getting bigger. We're doing some new things. Talk about the juicy parts. All right. Let's talk about like personal growth because mm-hmm. everybody's followed along. They kind of know that the trajectory of tactic, the interesting parts. And we've kind of touched on all this throughout, but like I, as a person, as a professional have learned so much. I would say at least once a week, even still this week, something comes up where I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to respond to this. I don't know what to say to this person. I don't know how to handle this like coach. I don't know how to do this membership. There's always something where you have to figure it out. You have to problem solve on small scale and large scale. Like it starts with a like an idea sometimes like we're, you know, a new project and it's like, holy moly, you just start things that you didn't think about initially come into the fold and it's just constant problem solving. And just like you say yes to something and then you just kind of like figure it out. I one of my clients, he's a lawyer and he, he told me that he's like, you tell the client you can do it and you sit down and you figure it out to an extent. Right. But I would say like my personal growth, as much as tactic has grown, I have grown so much. I've learned so much about like accounting, taxes, uh-huh. like law, which like you I went to law school, but like when you learn it hands on, like what are the things that you need to be paying attention to? What do you need to hire a lawyer for? Like little things, being organized. I've always been organized, but it's next level when you own a business. Yeah. And then just like managing people, managing coaches. I feel like I could do any job now. Yeah. This has been one of the best teachers that there is, is getting a business to basically be five years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And grow. And I think the hard part is like, you know, there were a lot of days of us sitting in our living room because that's where we worked most of the time and still do when we both didn't know. Yeah. And I think we rely on each other a lot, but there would be moments where I'm like, well, what do you think we should do? And you're like, I don't know. What do you think we should do? And I was like, oh, she doesn't know either. And you just kind of figure it out. You have resources, you have mentors and you just scramble and do it. And we've nailed it every time. I don't know about that. <laughs> you learn about yourself too. I think that that probably comes with anyone who works with a lot of people. But when I look back and I don't know how long we'll have this company, hopefully forever, hopefully it just keeps growing. Hopefully we'll have it, but we won't have to work for it. You know, it'll just do its be. thing. It'll just be. Yeah. I mean, when I look back to, I guess to, I'll say the early years of tactic years one through five. I think what I will remember the most is how much I learned about myself through other people, just communication, learning about other people, like them allowing me into their lives and into their struggles and their difficulties. I have looked up more articles online 
and, you know, sought out books based on difficulties that people have. They don't quite understand. I, I basically stopped reading nutrition science altogether because it's just not helpful. I mean, it is to a very small degree and with certain people for sure, but mostly it's people just need to be validated and heard. And through those conversations, I've, I think, learned to, and I, I I'm not going to say I'm like the best. I think people and, you know, myself included, I think you tend to treat yourself like you're your own harshest critic. And so I can still be quite hard on myself in certain situations, but I've learned to be a more like gentle human being with myself yeah, and with other people. And even, you know, going through the world and just being nicer, like you don't know what people are going through. They're probably going through something most likely. Yeah. I would, I would actually say that the biggest change that I made in the past five years because of this job has been to become a more understanding and compassionate person. I was a hard person five years ago. Like I had standards for people. Like I just wasn't an understanding person. I just expected everyone to be like me. I mean, we talked about it in our relationship. Like I expected you to be like me. Like, why aren't you doing this the right way? You know, do it, do what I say. And it just through time, like you realize like, that's just not the way it is. That's as simple as it can be. It's just not the way it is. I got my head out of my ass and was yeah. like, okay, this is the world. If I'm going to be working with people, I have to adjust. Especially in like the fitness and nutrition realm. But I mean, I'm sure this extends into professional realm as well. It's really easy to start to believe that you have what you have because you've worked harder and you're morally superior. And people who don't have what you have, whatever that level of success is, they don't have it simply because they have not worked as hard as you have. And so that's a, a really slippery slope because then you label anyone who is not at your level, basically just they're lazy. They don't want it. And that's not the case at all. There, yeah, I mean, most people are doing their best. Yeah. And so I think that Number one, it's really important that you not believe that about yourself. If you have achieved a high level of success, there's a lot of luck that goes into that. It's not all luck, but you have to have some luck. And then fundamentally, when you're working with people who are struggling, they're not struggling because of who they are. They're struggling for a lot of different reasons. And some of them are very valid. Most of them are valid. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's been the biggest like change when I look back and reflect on myself yeah. through the past five years. But yeah, there were a lot of struggles. What would you say was the hardest part or still is the hardest part of owning a business? Like what aspect of the business? We have very different roles. We do. Sometimes they overlap, but sometimes they don't. And there's definitely like a person who's in charge of the role and the other person kind of comes, swoops in for support. Yeah. That whole like not delegating thing ended in yeah. around 2021. Yeah. We were like, absolutely not. This is impossible. Yeah. So my role in the company now is obviously I still carry a client load and I, I coach some people. But I'm mostly involved in, I would say, like business development, media, marketing, sort of like, I guess, more of an oversight role and then anything creative. That's kind of my jam. And then I would say you're kind of the operational person. You're the one who keeps it all moving smoothly. You do the hard work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I you mean, do the hard no, work. No, I, I just, and maybe that it's all relative. Like we you, do what we're good at. Yeah. And, and that's I'm, what's beautiful. Like I was, we were talking the other day. I'm like, Meredith, we got so lucky that it was the two of us, even before tactic had really prominent strengths. Yes. And we just kind of like use those strengths for the business and they happen to be 
like perfectly well suited for two different aspects. The best thing you can do for a business is if you have a partnership or multiple people working on a team, do what you're really good at. Use your superpowers. Make that your job. Even if you have to hire someone in to do the other stuff, do that. Because what's going to ultimately grow the business is putting the right people in the right positions to do the right jobs, do them well and do them with a lot of passion. And we've done that with the two of us. Without even really needing to try. It just kind of happened. That's what I said. Like there's got to be some luck. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like I I wouldn't say that we're successful because we're harder working. I'm well aware of the amount of luck that it took to get us here. In addition to the hard work, it was both. We're such a well-oiled machine now, not to brag, but it's not even a question of like, okay, are you going to do this or am I? We just know who's doing what. It doesn't even require a conversation. No. And that's been nice. Yeah. Because you used to have to talk through everything. (laughs) We were even like going through a phase. I was like, we got to have meetings every week, you and me to discuss what we have on our (laughs) agendas. And basically we just bickered about when to have that damn meeting and now we don't even need it yeah so just bicker for a year and eventually you you're like need we the, need a uh, calendar to put on the wall i actually bought one it and just then never you, went you downloaded some app to for task management Asana. and i was like yeah. you can't even use the notes section in your phone well everyone manages let alone things. like you're gonna manage everyone else's to-do list yeah i wasn't gonna manage i was gonna teach you how to use it and then you right were gonna so manage. that i could do your to-do list yeah that's my ultimate goal your to-do list is me just repeating hey did you do this hey did you do this <laughs> And I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. Yes. Yes. Opens your computer, starts typing. Hardest part of owning a business. Oh, probably the flexibility, which creates a level of like inflexibility, especially I I would say like a remote business that you can pick up and take with you anywhere which is exactly what we do. It is very hard to walk away from. It's seven days a week of at a minimum administrative. And now that the the social media channel, Instagram is so large, managing that is by itself is almost a full-time job. Just the comments, the inquiries, the DMs, like staying on top of it, keeping people engaged. So it it makes, like it creates a situation where it's like very hard to, to actually take time away. We did that last year when we went to Tanzania, we took, is it two weeks? Yeah, but we started working at the end. Uh, at the end. Yeah. We couldn't stand it anymore. I don't necessarily need like a two week vacation, but it would be nice to have like five days off here and there, like maybe once a year. We did take a four day break when we went to the gorge. Yeah, that's true. There's always a little bit of work. Yes. But like, it's like an hour for like, I think I did an hour over the course of four days. Yeah. So I would just say sort of the relentlessness of it. That's the hardest part. It's not even a part that I necessarily dislike. Like I've had a job where I got to leave the job at the job. Like I got to leave work at work and this is not that. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say generally like lack of flexibilities, sometimes like a lack of boundaries makes it hard, challenging, but not in like a, we need to do something to fix this kind of way. It's just challenging. There's been a lot of conversations where it's like, is this sustainable? I don't think the answer is yes, but it's short term. Like I know it's been, you know, a few years, but it's like short term can mean 10 years and then you're set up. But I think I I read somewhere the other day where like total cliche, if you truly love something, you never work a day in your life. And like tactic for me is, is that it's a hobby. Like it's very rare that I'm like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Like sometimes check-ins with clients can become a lot. We'll talk about this next, but like taking a day off from a check-in because we're talking to clients sometimes three days a week, at least two to most. Sometimes taking like a holiday Monday off and not making up that check-in, which we recently started doing has been so helpful so that we can show up as the best coaches and as our clients. Like we've had some clients for years 
I'm like, you know what? Once in a while, they can use a break from me, I'm sure. Yeah. So it's just been about setting new boundaries and making sure that you're still showing up, even though you love what you do. It's no different than taking a rest day from working out. No one likes, well, I shouldn't say no one. A lot of people don't like rest days. I don't, but I know how important they are for like the longevity, my health, and just like my mental health. You have to take breaks from everything. It was like just a long weekend where we got a Monday off. I still feel anxious when I take a holiday off. Yeah, because of the way that our structure is. It it means that it's on the client to reach out to us on Wednesday because we're not making up a coach initiated check-in day like on Tuesday. We're not doing it on Wednesday. So for some people, if they don't take advantage of Wednesday, it means we're not going to talk until Friday. That's a whole week. Which seems so long. Yeah, it does. It's the most rewarding, but also the most exhausting part of the job. It's very emotional work. It's heavy. It's a lot. And so to take a holiday Monday and then to like to make up that check-in day, you don't really get a break. You just condense. So that was something that we started doing the subsequent check-in day off, like not making it up a couple years ago. And at the end of the day, like if someone gets pissed off about that because we didn't do three check-ins that week, they can leave. I don't want a client who's going to be ticked off about me taking a day off like a few times a year. Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) I think most people who live in this society understand that like taking a day off from work or taking time away allows you to be a better person and a better employee or a better coach or whatever it may be, especially as a service provider. And especially with the personal aspect of this job, you want to show up for people. You don't want someone telling you something that's very personal or vulnerable and you being like, okay, you know, we're not responding or missing. Like, yes, that happens. But it's like, if you can avoid it, do what you have to do to avoid it. Yeah. But yeah. So that kind of covers it. That sums up the business in five yeah. years. I mean, there's so much we could go into talking. We've we've already talked about how we hire coaches, but I would say like for me too, like the growth of the business, there are two issues for me. Oh God. Number one, hiring people is so hard. Yeah. Firing people is even harder. Yes. They say hire people slowly, fire quickly. I think I do the opposite. We don't, <laughs> we got to do a better job with that. But. I know, but I'm like, It's hard. Firing someone is a really big decision. And I think we've had to do it a few times and it's never good. No, it just isn't a good feeling. You want to try to keep that person and make it work for everyone. And sometimes, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles. And most people understand when it happens. But the times looking back, the worst times have been having to let go of coaches. Yeah, it's awful. It's very emotional and stressful. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is like, where are we going? Do we just keep doing this? Mm -hmm. Do we expand? Do we grow? I guess we'll have to talk about that on another episode. I know. I feel like something's coming. Something is coming. We can't just keep doing the same thing over and over year after year. Yeah. Once we figure out what that is, we'll we'll announce it. I feel like it's coming soon. Yeah. Like in the next week or two. Probably. Yeah. Probably going to have something. I'm sure we can come up with something in a week. And then lastly, it was the one year anniversary of us, you and me being married what was the best part? Honestly, the wedding was really fun. I don't want to be like, oh, the wedding was the best part of the marriage. That's not what I mean. For us, like, it didn't that's really- how it sounded. I know. That's why I had to clarify. Uh, everything after the wedding has been horrible. No, for us, nothing really changed in our life. We were already living together. We were not saving ourselves for marriage. So nothing okay. fundamental. <laughs> Hopefully our editors cut that part out. Hopefully they don't. Yeah, nothing really changed. So it was just kind of yeah, moving into year six of our relationship, but married. So it was a good year. We had some good travel in there. I would say it was a growth year for both of us personally, like it's still ongoing. And that's a good thing, even if it's hard, not going to sugarcoat anything. It was a 
challenging year for us, probably like the hardest one that we've had. But I think that as you move out of the honeymoon phase of a relationship, which we probably moved out of a couple years ago, you kind of fall into a different kind of love where you have to accept the person's flaws and who they are and sort of choose to walk with them down the path of life. And I don't think that you should accept certain things about people. It's not what I'm saying. But I think a lot of the things that you look you look past in the early part of a relationship, you stop looking past. Or things that you used to find endearing and cute are now things that you just get annoyed by. Yeah, but that's where the choice comes in. And it's choosing love because it's different. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Pat Robotham who did our ceremony. Ceremony. Yeah. A good family friend of Hours and she said in one of her speeches to us and to the group that like now the work begins mm-hmm. and that is so true and like it's in a good way it means there's growth and progress and yeah we're like it was a hard year but we're closer than ever yeah because you know all my dirty little secrets <laughs> yeah right because I pry <laughs> yeah but yeah marriage didn't really change much no you get to re- wear a ring. When you remember to wear it. Yeah, we wear those like, we got, I have like super nice, two really nice rings. Meredith has one really nice ring because I'm the more spoiled of the two of us. And we both wear like rubber rings, like the workout rings. Yeah. Mostly just because you're so active and you're traveling and you're like, I don't want to bring this really nice ring. Well, no, like I lost one, like one of the tiny little teeny tiny little teeny diamonds out of the band of that but it's a tiffany's band yeah and so i took it back in and i was like hey i need you to replace this teeny tiny teeny little teeny diamond and they were like that'll be 450 dollars." i was like sorry I was what like, did you just you say? should pay for this yeah isn't there a warranty on this thing only if you take it in to get the diamonds checked yeah which we should do but yeah it's been a good year i'm still happy with my decision <laughs> To marry. Yeah, I did ask you on our anniversary if you weren't married to me, would you marry me? And you said yes, which is a good sign. It is. Yeah, and I didn't hesitate. I and I like, said, I'll um, think about it. Yeah, that was less good. <laughs> but one day we'll go on a honeymoon. Yeah. I love how people are like, but you went you went to Tanzania on your honeymoon. I was like, that was not a honeymoon. That was with my parents. That was with Alex's parents. Well, we did go to Denver. I know. But I wouldn't I mean, call like that a, a honeymoon. No. A honeymoon for me is like you're on a beach or something. Yeah. But so. we'll take one. Eventually. We'll take lots of honeymoons in Let's the future. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a little under an hour of babbling. <laughs> we sure do appreciate you listening to it. Yeah. And if you've been with us, like we have a, a few people who have followed us from the beginning are still clients. Like we both still have our very first client. I have my client that was with me. He was like, I'm signed up before tactic even started yeah he's like i would like to work with you yeah and he's still my client i know so thank you you know who you are for sticking with us and for being the best representatives of our brand the coolest thing now is i think tactic very much used to be alex and meredith and now when i i think about it i i think about all the the clients and the people and i think that's that's the extension and the image and what i want people yeah. to think about and see i'm sure we said this before but when we started tactic one of our mentors our coach actually said don't create a business that has anything to do with your names and that's why we selected tactic well I mean, we had a lot of different ideas, but Tactic was the winner. And when I think of Tactic, I think of it as a whole. Like, you know, the coaches are the nucleus, like, you know, and you have the cell and the whole, and everyone is a part of the- The cytoplasm? Yeah. And I'm the mitochondria, because like, I kind of like do all the, you know, the work. Great reference. right? Wow. That's bio 10 coming in hot. It's really good. (laughs) But yeah, it's like, I just think of the whole thing. All the followers, all the people who comment, all the people who DM- all the people who email me, all the people who read our emails, like it's just this huge community. 
Yeah. And yeah, soon enough, we'll see them in person. Oh my gosh. So excited. Yeah. We'll talk more about that later too. But anyways, thank you so much for following, listening, doing all the things. Subscribe if you haven't. So you get notifications when these come out. Share it with your friends. We love you a lot.